When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Want to learn how to be an entrepreneur? You are dedicated and devoted to a life of developing new ideas and innovations. Willing to take calculated career risks, achieving independent wealth and success. Then you are ready to experience the entrepreneur effect. We'll highlight opportunities for entrepreneurs in digital marketing through interesting, practical, and thought-provoking interviews and monologues. Increase your income and be your own boss by listening to The Entrepreneur Effect. Please welcome your host, a 25-year veteran in sales, management, and business development, Dush Ramachandran. Hi, and welcome to Entrepreneur Effect. I am Dush Ramachandran, and my special guest today is Kyle Hegarty who is the author of the new book, The Accidental Business Nomad, A Survival Guide for Working Across a Shrinking Planet. Welcome, Kyle. Good to have you. Have me. Thank you for the invite. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much. So, uh, you know, you have a you have a really storied career uh, and you've done some amazing things, but and you've also been called the Indiana Jones of international business, which is, which is, which is a, which is a sobriquet, which I would, I would dearly love to have. Um, but you've got it already. So it's been spoken for, but let's, uh, let's start with um, how you came to write this book. Uh, you know, you, you live in Singapore. And so obviously you've done business across the planet and you've, you've, uh, you know, conducted business in a variety of different places. But what was it that caused you to write the book? Was there, was the book screaming to get out or was this something that you decided one day, hey, you know what, I should put all these learnings together in a book and serve humanity in that way? Right. So I, I think it was a couple of, of things. I Sometimes I'm a little bit slower uh, than I, I would like to admit. And, you know, all of a sudden I, I looked at all of the things that I had in front of me and it kind of hit me. It's like, this is this is a great story to tell. Uh, you mentioned Singapore. So Singapore is this is this central artery of, of global trade. And, and what I did was I got here in 2006 and started up this marketing business that helped other companies expand into new markets. And so I was kind of like in this, like uh, it was like the steroids of sales and marketing for companies of all sizes into the fastest growing markets in the world. Uh, and over those years, of course, tons of, of stories popped up. Uh, many 
good, many more bad, and and the most probably being ugly. And uh, as as the dust settled from one particularly large, uh, what I will call business near collapse that I went through, uh, it it became clear that there was so many lessons to be learned, and uh, there was just some great stories there. So that that was really what triggered me to put all of these together and, and get this story out there. Great, and then you know we've heard the. We've all heard the usual stories about, you know, how when you're in Asia, you hand out business cards with both hands. Right. And, you know, uh, when when somebody in Japan hands you a business card, you don't you don't put it in your hip pocket and sit on it. Yeah. Um, you treat it with respect and so on. But going beyond those fairly superficial things yeah. like, you know, don't point your feet towards anybody from Thailand. Uh, don't touch yeah. Thai people on the head and things like that. I mean, you have a lot of these relatively superficial uh, sort of um, pieces of advice that people generally give out. Uh, usually at an expat bar, you know, after 8.30, you'll find the old hands, old Asia hands sitting there, you know, swapping stories. But beyond that, What's the deeper, um, deeper truth that you've you've uncovered in the book? Um, you know, yeah, it, that that's exactly what I was trying to get at. Uh, I think that the the kiss, bow, shake hand stuff is obviously important. You know, the 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 knowledge of that. I think people think about language challenges where there's translation failures, whether it's a brand that uh, gets translated into some inappropriate statement or something that ends up insulting hundreds of millions of people accidentally. Uh, th those stories are very easy because they can be seen. Uh, they still happen every single day, but my hope is that we can get over that and get into the stuff that I think is actually costing businesses and people huge, huge fortunes underneath, which is the invisible stuff. Uh, the, the book is really about the underlying cultural differences and variations that are out there. And when I say invisible, I'm talking about communication styles and working styles. Anybody can see the, the bowing and the, the handshake differences. I'm looking at the stuff that you can't see. And so these are the stories that are trying to poke around and uncover what's going on underneath that's either making or breaking a deal and what can people do to figure that out faster. Yeah, and I think that is incredibly incredibly important, um, especially at a time like this where, you know, certainly for many, many years now, uh, the world has been global. Uh, air travel has shrunk the world dramatically. Uh, the internet has shrunk it even further. Um, now with COVID-19 and with the pandemic, yep. uh, where, you know, people are hesitant to travel as much, in fact, unable to travel as much, a lot of the communication happens electronically, whether it's on a Zoom call or yep. uh, whether it's on a phone call or whatever, where the opportunities for misunderstanding or miscommunication seem to multiply at a much greater rate. So for our listeners, uh, I think it'd be really instructive for you to uh, give us perhaps two or three things uh, to watch out for when communicating with people across cultures, especially electronically, not in person. 
And, and, and that's the reason the book was is called The Accidental Business Nomad is that the argument is that so many of us have found ourselves one way or another working in a global type of environment. Uh, many of us, in, in some ways, myself included, it kind of happened accidentally. Uh, it's just the way business, the direction business took us all. With the COVID-19, I think, uh, to your point, a lot of that has even multiplied further because we're all sitting on these Skype Zoom calls and it, it has actually made distance even more irrelevant because everybody's doing this over these calls. You many times miss a lot of the subtle body language nuances that you would get when you go face to face. Now, I would say that when we're talking about overseas international deals and let's just talk we'll, we'll talk about southeast asia since we've kind of gone down that path already but what you have is a lot of cultures that i think in a traditional standpoint are more used to slower relationship building when it comes to doing deals or when it comes to working with somebody and building trust the U.S. will, and we'll just use kind of the U.S. And, and Asia in super broad terms for a minute, which will upset people, but that's fine. Uh, as a starting point, just to gain sure. some understanding, the the U.S. approach would be, well, you know, let's let's get the deals done, let's get some small stuff going, we'll prove our relationship and build it through the success of each project. And right there are two very different approaches to uh, for, to getting getting business done. So in other words, that Western mindset of let's focus on the business first. And if the business works, that will grow our relationship. Whereas there are other parts of the world that would say, no, 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 no. We're not, I'm not interested in doing business just yet. I'd like to get to know you first. And now that we've all been forced onto these conference call uh this world of simply conference calls and email communication, that's not how a lot of the, the world wants to get stuff done. So I think when I, when I start giving ideas for people is, is step one is to understand that there are differences towards even approaching how you build trust, how you build relationships in, in different parts of the world. Uh, and two if you are going to do it, which we all have to via, uh, via the phone, via these calls, think about shaking things up a little bit. Uh, be, be willing to go off agendas. Uh, be willing to do more one-on-one -on -one touch points. In other words, invest a little bit more time up front to try and slowly build that background relationship rather than just diving in and, and trying to get stuff done too quickly. Uh, my, my experience has been that the, those of us who have rushed into deals with the focus of just getting towards the end result, if that becomes our focus, uh, we're often the ones that show the, the least success compared to those who have more of a slower approach, which uh, for somebody naturally like me is still kind of a frustrating idea. Uh, someone who, you know, I feel like isn't getting to the point or just getting stuff done. Um, if you, if you actually follow a lot of these deals in different parts of the world, these are the men and women who actually get more success in the long run. And so that's one of the big bits of advice, which is that if you want to speed up these, um, this, these successes overseas, you've got to slow down. I think that's, that's really, that's really very, very perceptive advice. 
Um, <clears throat> and I think we'll, we'll pick up on that um, very quickly. Let's take a quick break. We come back, we'll continue our conversation with Kyle Hegarty. Stick around, we'll be right back. Stay tuned for more of the Entrepreneur Effect when we return. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, You'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. It passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences. Marketing on Purpose. You are experiencing the Entrepreneur Effect only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Dush Ramachandran. Welcome back. This is Dush Ramachandran with Entrepreneur Effect. My guest today is Kyle Hegarty, who is the author of the new book, The Accidental Business Nomad, a survival guide for working across a shrinking planet. Kyle, before the break, we were talking about, um, you know, different styles of uh, conducting business. Uh, certainly the Western style that we're all accustomed to is, you know, where you where you move forward uh, aggressively from point to point. Um, you have a clear agenda of what, what you need to establish, what you need to accomplish, and then you go forward to do that. And if that relationship proves to be fruitful, then you expand that to a more personal relationship with uh, the person that you might be doing business with. Whereas in other parts of the world, notably in in Asia and Southeast Asia, it's the other way around. Uh, you you very, very uh, correctly pointed out that they would like to develop a personal relationship first. Let's understand who you are. Let's build a relationship and let's build a business relationship on top of that personal relationship. So that's that's really sort of a kind of an upside down view from our perspective and the way we do business is, is sometimes abrasive to them because you rush straight to the point. Right. So this is this is really uh, very interesting. 
but let's explore for a minute how you came to be in this situation. Let's let's go to your origin story, if you don't mind. How did you how did you find yourself in Singapore, um, going through this process and discovering? Uh, by the school of hard knocks, perhaps, um, you know, and maybe being taken aside by a mentor or a, or a friend who, who sat you down and said, listen, Kyle, this is what you've got to do. How did you get to be that position? What, um, what series of events led you to become the business nomad? Well, a lot of this happened by accident, and that's part of the title, which means that we were, uh, I, was, I was doing sales and marketing for a small uh, marketing agency out of the United States in, back in 2005. Uh, really, we started for, I was doing it for about a, five years. Uh, and I was a little bit antsy, just wanted to explore and do something else. And through some personal situations, basically uh, follow, followed the girl to Asia. But uh, she, she ended up, uh, this, this woman I was dating, uh, got a got a job offer. And so what I did was I went to my clients and said, by the way, uh, we can do this in Asia, having really no idea what I was talking about. I kind of kind of did the, the salesman bluff and um, started saying, you know, look, all of this lead generation, if you're if you're interested in in Asia, we can do that. Um, almost overnight, I had more deals in Southeast Asia than in my home territory of North America. And I found myself on planes back and forth, zigging and zagging, uh, trying to figure out how to execute what I had committed to in all of these markets. And eventually it just made more sense just to plant a, a flag and, and, and sit down and, and, and stay put in Southeast Asia. So I, I very quickly ended up with this book of business with companies that were looking to build their sales pipelines across South, Southeast Asia. And I had to figure out how to get, you know, if for anybody in, in the business to business marketing and, and sales space, you've got to have a database, you've got to have prospects, you've got to have a message, you've got to have a uh, machinery and people to push that message out to qualify and, and get deal flow going. And so I had to figure that out. And, and what happened very quickly was that it became clear that the approach that worked in North America, where you might put an office and start building up in a uh, singular uh, place and just start reaching out to everywhere, th- that was much more difficult in a mar- in region like Southeast Asia, because you've got what I ended up dealing with was about 10 different countries with 10 different languages. Well, 10 different languages, probably put a multiple on that. Uh, Cultural components, dealing with time zones, with, with customers all over the world with different expectations. And I quickly found myself over my head uh, with trying to juggle all of these things because we ended up hiring people in all of these different countries, trying to you know deal with translation issues and some of the other cultural nuance. So I very quickly found that I was in the uh, the hot seat uh, across the board, juggling about ten to, to twelve different cultural components on a daily basis, and trying to do it all remotely as well. So all of this talk about the the remote team uh, effort today is kind of giving me like flashbacks back to 2006, 2008 timeframe before the uh, financial crisis. That's what I had to figure this part of it out for myself. But what ended up happening was, um, to your point earlier before the break, 
it was those after hour barroom conversations where you would start chatting with other people who um, could could hear you and kind of see, you know, okay, you were the new kid on the block. Clearly, uh, you, you do. You know the the person that's new to the region or new to working internationally. You can just kind of get a sense as to how they carry themselves, how they talk. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's a learning curve that everybody goes through, but. What, you know, what do you have these conversations after hours for? You, you, you are there to pick up bits and pieces of information and learning and, and try not to make the same mistakes that everybody else has. And so what I was doing over the years was, was picking up these ideas. And this is, this is what the book turned out to be, which is, in a, in a way, it's a series of hard knocks lessons that many times were picked up and articulated at, at a bar. And, and that's really the tone that I was looking for, which is this kind of lighthearted, uh, easy to read story driven narrative that anybody can pick up. I didn't want it to be a, a typical business book, how to, here's a bunch of data, let's put in some hypothetical uh, project manager who's wrestling with this and here's what he does and here's how the impact is. I think those are all fine, but what I wanted to do is make it a little bit more gritty, uh, a little bit more happy hour style and, and not always have the endings that you would expect, uh, which is sometimes how these bar scenes go. So that's, that's, that's where this went. Well, and I think uh, I, I think you captured the essence perfectly because, uh, as as someone you know, we, we talked about before we got on the on the show, um, as someone that's lived internationally for quite a long time, um, you know, I I understand exactly how that works because it is those barroom conversations after hours that give you. Uh, the true insight. I mean, yes. you could you could sit in an international business seminar, and you get sort of the the tops of the waves. You get right. yeah, you know a good way to say it. You, a very very superficial view, and it's the old Asia hands, perhaps, or the old Europe sure. hands yep. who who've been there, who grizzled through the years, and they they in fact are the ones that have the knowledge that makes it all work. And, and here's so. the thing. Yeah. And, and here's the thing is that when we, now we've all gone into this digital uh, distributed situation, there's none of those, you don't get that informal type of post-work situation. Yeah. We can set up our zoom happy hours, but there's still a, a superficiality to that as well. It's, 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 it is not the same. Uh, I think it's a good, it's better than nothing. But one of the things that I saw was that, you know, you'd have these conversations with people and you'd start opening up and admitting what, what was happening. And one of the moments of, of almost that, that helps your sanity is to find out that other people are going through it too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that's particularly important. Um, and I think you, you've, you've captured that beautifully in the book. And I think it's particularly important. Um, so let's, uh, let's, Take a quick break. We're uh, we're just about a minute. In fact, we're a minute away from uh, our break. So l- let me let me uh, uh, ask you to think about one thing while we go to break, and that is, um, you know, you've you've gone to Asia from North America. You've set up business there. You've 
you know, you've said to people, yeah, sure, no problem. You have a passage in the in the book that's particularly interesting where, you know, um, somebody says, can you represent me over in Hong Kong? Yes. Can you get me a database of every telecom provider in Vietnam? Uh, sure. Can you help out my team in the Philippines? Yeah, why not? And can your team handle inbound sales inquiries in Mandarin, Thai, and Bahasa? Absolutely. Whatever Bahasa was. And what do you know about tractors? Tractors? Tons. Let's do it. So, you know, that's that captures the essence perfectly. Um, but the, the, the thing that I'd like you to think about, and we'll come back to it after the break, is... Um, Having having gone through this process, um, if somebody was on the point of stepping on a plane right now to go set up business uh, or go go do a deal with someone uh, somewhere else in the world, what would be three things, three actionable things that they ought to be thinking about before they embark on this venture? Um, I mean, you you did it beautifully with just a lot of uh, chutzpah, if you will. Uh, you right. just went out and did it, right? Uh, and it proved hugely successful with a, with a few missteps along the way, but that, that helped the process. So um, think about the three things that you might advise someone um, to think about before they embark on a venture. And while you're doing that, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Kyle Hegarty. Stick around. We'll be right back. Stay tuned for more of The Entrepreneur Effect when we return. LPO, landing page optimization, where we make marketers great using design, data, psychology, and attitude. Join our host, Brian Massey, best known as the conversion scientist, as he sits down with leading marketers to help you create campaigns that deliver. LPO, only on webmasterradio.fm. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. You are experiencing the entrepreneur effect only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's Dush Ramachandran. Welcome back. This is Dush Ramachandran with Entrepreneur Effect. My guest today is Kyle Hegarty, who is the author of the new book, The Accidental Business Nomad. Um, beautiful, beautiful book. So, Kyle, we were talking about the break, before the break, about um, the three pieces of advice you would give uh, someone who's about to embark on a uh, either either a business venture abroad or or just even doing business abroad. What, what would you? What were three actionable pieces of advice that you would give? Sure, and and you know you know, you had framed the question as to you know you're getting onto a plane and you're about to go and and obviously in this short-term situation that's not very realistic <laughs> but what but what what is realistic is that these things are still happening they're just happening virtually uh, and so you know and even if down the road there isn't as much uh, travel happening 
these things will still happen. In fact, I think there's going to be a lot more mergers and acquisitions with of, of overseas assets. So I think that there's going to be a lot of these cross-border deals happening. Just it's, sure. it's the imminent outcome of any type of downturn. Uh, but back to your question, you know, the three bits of advice, I would say if you are venturing into a new part of the world di- directly or virtually is one, be aware that there are decades, if not centuries of people who have gone, gone there before you. And there's a bunch of research that's been done that actually looks at studies and defines what these business differences are all about. These are general high-level macro data sets that uh, in their raw form can be a little bit overwhelming, but there's a lot of behavioral psychologists that have started to boil this down into more usable chunks for people, at least like me, who don't want to spend hours going through raw data sets that actually look to define what are some of these working style differences? How do we communicate differently in these parts of the world? Uh, what can we expect in that invisible cultural realm that I mentioned earlier in terms of how relationships get built, how people deal with confrontation, how people avoid difficult conversations, how people deal with hierarchies, which is this incredibly important but invisible type of challenge to get over. So my first bit of advice is understand that there's data out there that can help all of us. I try and articulate it in just sort of like a fun and easy introductory way for people to to start getting into. For those people that find that, yes, this is actually a really interesting thing, there's a deeper dive you can go down. There's a bunch of behavioral psychologists and other writers that have written about it. So point one, data. There's data out there that can help you find it and use it. The second one is really from a communication standpoint, there are a number of different styles that are out there, but what seems to be a universal approach that helps everybody is the ability to ask smarter and and more and better questions uh, using different techniques to be able to drive additional clarity. I won't get into the details here, but Oftentimes, if you're used to working with somebody next door to you or who comes from the same part of the world, there are a lot of invisible things, again, that we take for granted. We have backgrounds that are mutual, that we understand. We understand certain nuances in speaking styles. We know uh, certain inflection points and different tone differences. I'm married to a British woman. And so, you know, to understand British sarcasm versus American sarcasm is one tiny example compared to this wide range of, of styles that are out there. And I will tell you that there are a lot of uh, British versus American communication moments that have ruined relationships <laughs> yeah, or absolutely. nearly done so. <laughs> so and, and those are two examples that are actually quite close to one another compared to the rest of the world. Sure. So through, I think, smarter questioning and just basically listening more is a powerful way to help get over that faster. And the final bit is just a mindset. Uh, the world doesn't work the way we expect it to. Uh, it doesn't work the way we want it to. And the people that are able to not have that um, 
almost uh, obdurate stance that, that you know, to, to sit there and just force things the way they want it done, right? This is how business needs to get done. I'm going to do it. I'm going to force my way. Those are the men and women that end up failing in other markets. So there's got to be this mindset that allows you to actually let go of what you think is right. And I know that sounds weird, but uh, the people that have that flexibility to be able to just open up and kind of understand that what they think they understand is probably not the way other people see it. That makes people's lives so much easier and so much, <laughs> they, get, they get stuff done so much faster. Yeah. And I think that's exactly right. And those are three excellent pieces of advice. Um, and the book is The Accidental Business Nomad, uh, a, a survival guide to working across a shrinking planet. Um, Kyle, is the book available wherever books are sold? Amazon. Wherever books are sold. It comes out uh, June 16th. So we're just uh, we're just in pre-launch now. So you can pre-order it on any of the main websites. I'm, I'm trying to expand it into as many different uh, smaller groups as possible. But all the big guys have it uh, for pre-order right now. Excellent. And uh, yeah, again, Accidental Business Nomad, a survival guide for working across the shrinking planet by Kyle Hegarty. Kyle, thank you so much for your time. It's been a delight having you on the show. Thanks for the invite. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic, but today work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.